Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us in Bitsy. Thank you for being here tonight. We do have a special guest. David Lee Summers has returned to read to us. Yeah. So David will be reading in a little bit. Once I'm done waxing, I'm sonic. And uh, I'm not even English right now, so you guys get a real, real experience. <laughs> <laughs> Stand where you are. That looks like a good place to. uh, So, may I please present our dear special guest, David Lee Summers? So, uh, we have room in the library. If you have seats, chairs in your room, please feel free to get a chair. 
Thank you all for having me back. I, I feel so overdressed tonight, but of course, I am an astronomer, so this is my nighttime attire. I do operate telescopes at Kit Peak dressed just like this much of the time. Well, you are displaying your shirt sleeves, though, sir, and I that am, is scandalous. I, I am. It is scandalous. It is late night. I am often not seen. <laughs> so... Tonight, I would like to present a reading from the anthology Zombified, an anthology of all things zombies. And my story from this anthology is called The Zombie Shortage, because we all need to know what happens when we run out of zombies after the zombie apocalypse. Oh my gosh. Dr. Grossman gritted his teeth as he tapped an indicator mounted to a pipe that ran alongside a huge vat. The pressure was nowhere near as high as he had liked. The lights were dim, not just in the ancient brewery he had converted into a makeshift power plant, but all across the city. A menacing growl sounded from within the container. The doctor pounded the vat side, then moved to a vast electrical panel. He checked the gauges as he walked by on his way to a bank of switches. Each switch was as long as a man's forearm. Lightning arced outside the brewery's high windows, and the lights went out. Swearing to himself, the doctor lowered a pair of goggles, and he searched the panel before him in the one, as the one in the one light that filtered in from above. A banging sounded from the door. The doctor ignored it. As he threw first one large switch, then another, sparks flew from the electrical panel, and the lights returned, weaker than before. The banging resumed. Egon, get the door! bellowed the doctor as he checked yet more gauges. The doctor's assistant emerged from the shadows, wearing a leather gas mask across his mouth. He stepped across the dusty concrete floor and opened the door. A man wearing a top hat and cape stepped in from the deluge. He removed his hat and shook off the water, then did the same with the cape. He handed them to Egon. The assistant looked at them, shrugged, and tossed them over a pipe that ran along the wall. Grossman! <laughs> I've come to have a word with you about the lights, called the well-dressed man. Dr. Grossman spun around and looked at him. He recognized the Honorable Mr. Harris from the town council. Mr. Harris, I really have my hands quite full right now trying to keep everything functional during the storm. We can speak again when it abates. I will have a word with you now. Harris stepped over to the doctor. The people of this city expect the lights to stay on. Mr. Buckholtz complains that he can't keep the conveyor belts running in his factory. 
Dr. Grossman let it, took a deep breath and let it out slowly. As I recall, wasn't it Mr. Buckholtz's factory where the problem first appeared? I don't understand, the councilman's eyes narrowed. Twenty-five years ago, it was Buckholtz's factory where the living dead first appeared. People with an insatiable hunger for human flesh, for brains, the flesh rotting from their very bones. Poor buggers. I suspected toxic waste from the machines. That was never proven. <laughs> the councilman's tone was firm, a decision, more than a statement of fact. Whatever, the doctor shook his head, turned and climbed a ladder to a catwalk that ran between several of the brewery's vats. The councilman looked at the dirty, rusted metal, then crinkled his nose and followed the doctor. Twenty-five years ago, the living dead overran the city, then the state, then the world, said the doctor as the councilman reached the top of the ladder. It was apocalypse. I remember all too well, said the councilman. Many of us lived in caves. It looked like civilization was over. I took refuge in this old brewery, and that's when I had my revelation. The doctor pointed down into a glass-topped vat. Within, zombies shambled about mindlessly. Two of them bumped into each other. In a corner, half a dozen of them huddled near a cow's carcass. They had torn into the skull and were ingesting the cow's brains. Yes. We thought you were crazy you started luring the zombies in here, the councilman smirked at the memory. The revelation, continued the doctor impatiently, was that the zombies produced methane as they rotted. <laughs> I could convert that methane into power. I could rid the city of zombies, and I could restore civilization in one fell swoop. <laughs> 25 years after the zombie apocalypse, you live rather comfortably, don't you, Mr. Harris? All because of crazy Dr. Grossman, who took refuge in the brewery. <laughs> and we will be eternally grateful, said the councilman, but today, what about the problem with the lights? What about now? Don't you see, said the doctor through gritted teeth, that's the problem. We are running out of zombies. <laughs> running out, the councilman blinked. How can that be? The whole country was overrun. Can't you get more? <laughs> the zombies eventually rot into little stinking puddles of flesh and bone. The only way to get more is to have a human being infected by the zombie virus, said the doctor and plants like this have sprung up all over the country. Businessmen like Mr. Buckholz have become reliant on them and haven't come up with an alternative. The councilman opened his mouth to speak, but turned when Egon appeared behind him on the catwalk. Harris put his hand to his chest. I wish you wouldn't sneak up on me like that. And must you wear that mask? Oh, I'm afraid he must, said the doctor, who had donned his own mask. It's not prudent to breathe the air from the vats. <laughs> breathe the air? I don't understand. As soon as Dr. Grossman saw that Egon had opened the vat, 
He dashed forward and gave the councilman a shove. The politician dropped like a sack of potatoes to the floor two stories below. Seeing the hatch close, the zombies turned. Some of them tried to climb the smooth walls of the vat toward the doctor and his assistant. Egon closed the door, closed the hatch on the screams of Mr. Harris. The doctor and his assistant turned to inspect the other vats. Once they reached the third one, the lights brightened. <laughs> Mr. Harris must have taken his place among the chosen, said the doctor. He turned and held up his, his finger. You see, Egon, that's the real brilliance of this power supply. The zombies may rot into nothingness, but there's no supply to, of, of idiots to replace them. <laughs> he took out his pocket watch and examined it. When are we expecting Mr. Buckholz? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Delightful. Oh my gosh. Thank you, David. So if you loved that story by David, buy his books. We want our authors to be able to pay their bills. His books are in the library. The library. I'm happy to sign them. Yes. Right? And uh, we will read one of David's books next year, too. We always read David or Book Club. So, yeah. What, what, what's our next read going to be, David? Oh, that's a good question. We'll, we have we'll, to, we'll have to discuss this. Yeah, and I we'll think, think we might, might have another anthology uh, in line. Excellent. Oh, perfect. Good. Cool. Wonderful. All right. Thank we you. Have a question. Yes. Question. When is the next secret release on your Patreon site? <laughs> when oh. is the next secret release on my Patreon Ooh, site? David has a Patreon site. Yes, I do have a Patreon site. And thank you to my lovely patrons who are here. <laughs> Yes, and, and I am currently uh, writing a space western, or I, am, I should say I'm rewriting it. It is my very first novel published 25 years ago. This is the 25th anniversary edition, and I am really, I'm basically releasing the original chapter as it appeared 25 years ago with my notes, and then I'm sharing the rewritten edition of it knowing what I now know 25 years later, and uh, giving people a little bit of an insight into the whole writing process through all of this. So that's what we're currently doing through Patreon, plus sharing some a few other odds and ends. Uh, I just shared a, a little project making uh, globes of Mars uh, with the Wonderful. canals of, uh, as Percival Lowell did them. And this may be something to keep an eye open for at Wild Wild West Thank you all for having me. Thank you, David. And I actually managed to completely dodge your question, which is when, but we should have another secret release in a week. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D, Journey of the Fifth Edition, and Scion, Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening. On the battlefield, I'm a warrior, ready to kill or be killed. I've defeated orcs from the north sent Kandorian demon spawns back to the depths, and drank with Sumerian heroes. But when I get back from a hard day of disemboweling my enemies, 
I enjoy nothing more than to open my castle doors and find a dungeon crate as my reward for blood well spilled. Designed for role players and tabletop gamers, Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service with a treasure hoard of loot you can use on or off the battlefield. Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handcrafted items, RPG jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with the physical one as an added bonus. So what say you? Are you ready for postal glory? DungeonCrate.com. Let the adventure begin.